Ben Foley was heading into a country to help meet the practical needs of widows and orphans. But he was stopped at the border because he meets those needs in the name of Jesus Christ. And initially they were threatening to deport me. But as time went on, it turned from deporting to we're going to let you through. But they wanted to know everything about me, about what, what we were doing there. And the last thing I want to do is, is bring unnecessary attention to our faithful staff in these countries who, regardless of what happens to me, are going to face far worse consequences, potentially. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we're in the studio today with Ben Foley. Ben is the president of a mission organization called Serve Now, and we're going to talk a little bit about what they do, about who they are. Ben, welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you. Great to be here. Ben, I want to talk about how you first came into contact with VOM, because I think uh, some of our listeners maybe had the same experience. Yeah. How, how did you first learn about VOM? So very early, as a young child, I grew up reading Extreme Devotion and Jesus Freaks. And over the years, just, I mean, as I was reading these stories, realizing that there are Christians still today in parts of the world that are very different than here in America and going through experiences that are just what you read about in the Bible. So it had a profound impact on my life at a very early age. I, uh, I'm incredibly encouraged by that because I helped write Extreme Devotion. I was part oh. of the writing team for that book. So <laughs> wow. hearing somebody come back you know, years <laughs> later and say, wow, that really uh -huh. impacted me. Praise yeah, the Lord. That's really awesome. And for our listeners, you know, uh, Extreme Devotion is now a part of the Pray Today app uh, from VOM. So if you go to the App Store or Google Play or the iTunes Store, download Pray Today. It's free. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Ben Foley. He's the president of an organization called Serve Now. So, Ben, you grew up, you became a pastor, Mm -hmm. And then God moved you from pastoring to leading Serve Now. How did how did that happen, or how did you sense that call that, okay, I want to do more than just pastor a church here in the U.S.? When I recommitted my life to the Lord, it actually happened on a missions trip. And from, I mean, right from that age, I started to really have a passion for missions, and it just continued to grow over the years. But then when our founder started showing up at our church and our church got involved with Serve Now when it first started, and we sat together for three hours, he talked about everything that Serve Now was doing, and he said, I'd like to train you for the next couple of years to step into my role. And I mean, that alone, to have a mentor like that was enticing enough. But the thing that really caught my attention was as he was talking about everything that Serve Now was doing... I remembered this document I had written about seven years prior to one day have an organization that would do very specific things in very specific countries with a very specific philosophy. And I went home, found that document, and when I compared that to what ServeNow was actually doing, it was eerily identical down to very specific wow. countries and projects. <laughs> 
So this wasn't a new vision for you. This no, is something that God no. had planted on your heart even yeah. years before. And and I mean, my passion and heart for missions was just increasing more and more every year. Tell me about what Serve Now does, or, mm-hmm. or how does your ministry look in a place like India or Nepal or, or some of the countries where VOM is obviously working as well? Basically, it's it's two-pronged. We, first of all, are working with about a thousand indigenous churches around the world, different countries, India, Nepal, Uganda, Ukraine are the four primary, which all are unique and have mm-hmm. their own story of why those countries. But we, first of all, come alongside these these pastors and indigenous churches, many of them who the pastor might be the only one with a Bible, and he's received little to no training himself. So we ensure that these churches have a copy of God's Word in their language, in their hands. And then we have designed a series of 30 booklets, just 32 pages each, called The Basic Things You Need to Know. And these are just basic foundational truths written in a simple but not simplistic way, but anybody at any level can grasp. And then out of that, we begin to say, so what's the greatest need within your village or community or area? And we empower these churches and leaders to serve according to those needs. And that takes a variety of different forms from anything from clean water, mosquito nets, anti-trafficking skill training programs, taking care of orphans, education. Uh, The list kind of goes on and on depending the country, the region, the area, and the need. And so those outreach programs, is that seen as an evangelism methodology, or is it strictly serving the community to meet needs that are there, or a little bit of both? So I like to explain Serve Now as it's a Bible in one hand, a cup of cold water in the other. So it's... That sounds vaguely biblical. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) But it is very evangelistic because all of those needs are being done in a holistic way, but it serves as a real evangelistic tool because when you're meeting real, urgent, immediate need, it opens people's minds and hearts in ways that nothing else can. How do you find the local workers and believers and churches that you're partnering Mm -hmm. with? Yeah, so in every country we're in, we have national, local leaders and staff and that's very much at the core and DNA of Serve Now. We don't want to sit here in the United States and dictate in other countries what we think they should do, because there are believers and there are leaders, there are pastors, they have the vision, they have the passion, they have compassion for people, and they know the culture, the customs, the language. And so it really began with some of the leaders that our founder has trained over the years, a lot of our national directors, and then their networks out from there. But it's really just spending time and identifying those who have the passion and vision for spiritual growth of of believers in their country and also a heart of compassion to reach out and meet needs. Tell me some of the stories of of people being touched and, and the ways that Serve Now is working. Yeah, so just recently, for example, in Uganda, there's been a Muslim primary school that's been using the basic series discipleship resources that we have written over these last four years. Muslim primary school. Yes, that's that, that, that's mind blowing. Just uh, the story is already mind blowing. A right. Muslim primary school using this Christian curriculum. <laughs> right. the The headmaster of this Muslim school is Christian. 
So he's kind of been the vehicle to bring this into the school. But over these last couple of years, through those booklets, a lot of the kids have started converting from Islam to Christianity. Well, this uh, has upset, even just recently, some of the, the local Muslim leaders. So they burned the headmaster teacher's vehicle. And he realized when that happened that he's probably out of a job. So he actually started another school in that community. And three quarters of the kids from this Muslim school are now at his school. Wow. And openly Christian. We just, in fact, helped distribute Bibles to all of those children. And even during the dedication of those Bibles, 10 more of those children gave their lives to Christ. Wow. Praise the Lord. I'm wondering if the schoolmaster's life is in danger. I mean, it seems like if he's actively doing outreach to Muslims, they already burned his car. Right. Yeah. Is and he frightened or? Well, he doesn't seem to be. He started a school right in, in, in that same, same community. community. So he hasn't left. And that's that's an amazing thing that we see again and again, especially as we see persecution increasing, whether it's India, Nepal, or in parts of Uganda where Islam is advancing. I hear again and again, they're not praying for necessarily protection as their first concern. They're praying for courage and boldness to be a faithful witness in the places they're in. Of course, they will leave if they feel their lives are at risk and that's what they need to do. But yeah, a lot of them want to stay there. And, and it's quite a remarkable testimony. And I know you talked about the kind of discipleship curriculum books that you're producing. One of those that's brand new is the, the basic things you need to know about persecution. Mm-hmm. First, why is that such a key thing to train? Mm-hmm. But then secondly, tell me a little bit about what that book has in it. What, what yeah. are the basics we need to know about persecution? Right, right. yeah. So that, that was actually is becoming a big request from certain parts of the world that we speed up the printing of that book and quantity, because they're saying with persecution increasing, believers need to know what might be in store for them or how to process and go through in a biblical way that's faithful to Jesus, the reality of persecution. So it was actually written by our India scripture coordinator, who has been persecuted himself. He's He lives in a state that is well known for some of the attacks that have happened. And he even had to flee to the jungle when they came and were going to burn down his apartment. But because it was a, a Hindu landowner, they, they, uh, spared, the they spared that apartment, but they burned all of his stuff and all of his books. And so he had to flee for a time into the jungle, and a lot of his ministry friends and colleagues were killed during this particular wave that happened several years ago. So he knows what he's writing about. So he uh, knows, he's lived yeah, it. yeah, we didn't want to write it from this from side. We American wanted someone who actually yeah. had lived through it and knows what it's like and knows the issues that are having to be wrestled with as that happens. What are some of those issues and how does the book help, especially new believers, yeah. wrestle through those issues? Yeah, well, the first part of it really deals with the history of persecution and that this is not something abnormal to Christianity. I mean, we think it is kind of isolated here in the Western world, but historically and around the world today, it is a normal part of Christianity. Which, and, interestingly, is exactly what Jesus promised. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Those who want to live a godly life will be persecuted. So it, it shows that they're not alone. 
And then it gives some of the keys to help stand through and remain faithful during that time, just the promise of God's presence and prayer and grace and how he gives that daily for the situations that we're in when they come. Do you think that's a message for American Christians as well? (laughs) I think it is. At some point or another, to one degree or another, all of us, if we're really seeking after the Lord, denying ourselves, are wanting to be a witness for him, are going to face some form of persecution. And I think it's something we need to prepare ourselves for as well as learn from the examples of others, because it really does serve to remind us and 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 strengthen us in our commitment to Christ, that it's it's not going to be comfortable or easy all the time. We're talking with Ben Foley. He is the president of an organization called Serve Now. Uh, ben, you talk about reading the stories, being inspired, being encouraged by the stories. You talked about reading Jesus Freaks and Extreme Devotion. That's exactly why Voice of the Martyrs published those books, is so that we can read the stories and be encouraged. That's why we publish a newsletter every month. That, that's so much of what VOM does. That's why we have VOM Radio, is to share these stories and encourage people you had a chance on one of your trips to taste, and I think just a little sip, but for mm-hmm. us as Americans, a little sip is a lot mm-hmm. of persecution. Mm-hmm. Tell me what happened, and then I want to kind of unpack it a little bit, especially you know, as somebody who has met with Christians, you've heard firsthand the stories of persecution. You've read books like Jesus Freaks. I want to talk about how that played into your mindset as you went through this. But first, tell us kind of what happened. Yeah, so it wasn't really that long ago. Last year, I was in a particular country and ended up being detained and interrogated for two hours at customs. And initially, they were threatening to deport me. I was right at customs dealing with a customs agent, but he was going back and forth between a manager or whoever it was, a man behind the curtain that I never saw. and Somebody with the power to somebody cancel with the power, your visa. <laughs> not knowing who that is. Well, as time went on, it turned from deporting to we're going to let you through, but they wanted to know everything about me, about Serve Now, about what, what we were doing there. And I mean, that in and of itself was unsettling because the last thing I want to do is is bring unnecessary attention to our faithful staff in these countries who, regardless of what happens to me, are going to face far worse consequences potentially. It's such a humbling thing to know. <sighs> I'm going to get on a plane and go home. Right. These folks live here. Right. They're still going to be here. Lord, please don't let me do anything that makes them a target. Exactly. I, I I can totally identify with that questioning and you thinking, okay, how do I answer this question and to not make trouble right, for, for them. the people that I'm here to serve? And in that sense, that was that was one of the most difficult realities of that because you're just feeling guilty about how is this going to impact them if they find out, you know, who it is that we're working with. And I did have to give the name of our director and was able to keep it focused more on the humanitarian side and not give away other names beyond that. But a month or two after I left, they figured out and found and contacted our board in this particular country, each wow. board member, and asked them about me and asked them about Serve Now. They they showed up at our office 
and talked with our national director, which thankfully they called far enough in advance that he could hide <laughs> the scripture material and, and that, that side of things. Um, but coming back just to my experience and, and how it relates to, you know, it's one thing to read about others that are being persecuted, whether in the Bible, history, or even real life, or even to meet with. I mean, I've met with so many pastors and leaders and believers that have been persecuted in various ways and horrific ways. But to be the one in that position, and I, I think the the worst part of it all was not knowing what was going to happen. It was more the fear of the unknown mm-hmm. than anything else. What's going to happen that made that very tense. So how did you kind of process that fear? How mm-hmm. did you pray through it? What did Were there scriptures that you particularly grabbed a hold yeah. of during that time? Yeah. So my mind tends to go into the worst case scenario. So <laughs> <laughs> I was imagining the worst possible things that could happen, but I had to stop that first of all. And really the thing that helped, and I'm not going to say it made it, it wasn't like, oh, now I'm fine, but it helped every day just to say, whatever happens God will give the grace that I need to go through that situation in a way that would honor him. But I, I, I vividly remember, and I've thought this other times outside of this experience, but I often have that fear of, I don't want to pull a Peter and deny the Lord, or would I deny the Lord? And, and your mind goes through right. all these scenarios. How much pressure could I withstand? How exactly. much suffering could I go How through? How much torture, whatever it may be. And so I had to keep reminding myself that God's grace is sufficient, that I can't in and of myself, but he can. And you see that in the examples and testimonies of others and in, in their talking of God's presence being very real or with them or the grace that he gave to sustain them through these periods. So I had to keep saying God's grace isn't there for tomorrow or for a situation that doesn't exist yet. It, it's, it's here right now for what I need and what I'm going through in this moment. During this whole process, I was able to text and email some friends back in the States and just ask and family and ask them to pray. Pray now. And, and here again, you know, you often hear from those that are being persecuted. The first thing they ask for is prayer. And that's not just words. I mean, knowing that people were praying was very powerful in a reality of a peace being there that even though I'm physically going through this, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. There, are, There's a community out there that is praying for me in this situation. And that meant the world. Since coming back, I think what I've been focused on here in the U.S., because we don't go through some of these dynamics that we hear about and read about in other parts of the world. But I've been focused on the fact, even just recently, that the word martyr really means witness. And it's not just about would I die for Christ, but am I dying daily for Christ and really living for him? Because if I'm not living for him, I'm not going to be prepared to die for him. And in some ways in this country, it's almost harder in another kind of way because you can get so comfortable and complacent and our lives are relatively easy that I think it's in some ways more challenging to live for Christ here in the U S as it is for those that are suffering Mm -hmm. in, in other physical ways in other parts of the world. You're listening to the voice of the martyrs radio. We're talking today with Ben Foley. He's the president of an organization called serve now Ben, you've, you've touched on this a little bit from your own personal experience, but but one of the things that Voice of the Martyrs talks about is 
the fact that there is blessing in persecution. There are new truths and new blessings to be found in times of suffering. How do you see that being lived out in the countries where Serve Now works with the local believers who face that kind of pressure and testing all the time? Right. So I think of one person in particular who is chairman of our board in this country, and he was running a center that was being funded by another organization here in the United States, but they recently were not able to send any more funding. And so he was trying to take care of 300 slum kids. Well, suddenly he doesn't have any funding to do this, but he challenged his church in this country to say, what can we do together? And through that challenge, his church is now sponsoring 70 of those kids. And yes, it's not 300, but for the first time, this church— It's a very church, significant thing. It a, is a very a significant thing. poor country. For... In a very poor country, and yet they're rising up f- to take responsibility for something that before this they weren't. And I think that's a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a hard thing, it's, it's a healthy thing. I also think of, I mean, when I'm with believers who are being persecuted or have been, there is an intimacy with Christ that is so real in their lives. And even just thinking of the book of Revelation, I mean, the book of Revelation came out of John on the island of Patmos being persecuted, this tremendous revelation of Jesus Christ. And these believers have that. They possess this fellowship, this intimacy, this revelation of Jesus in a unique kind of way that only persecution facilitates. Do you ever feel a little bit jealous of that? <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> well, I should say I'm jealous of the jealous intimacy, of the, outcome. the outcome, but not <laughs> the not process. Not the experience. And I think a lot of us would say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, I want to be very intimate with Christ, but oh, please don't let me go to jail. Don't right. let me really suffer. But that intimacy is only found at the end of that pathway, yeah, which is a hard, that's a hard lesson for us. That's a hard challenge for us. Mm-hmm. As we finish up, we always want to encourage people to pray. Let's talk about serve now, but first let's talk about the believers that you're serving now around the world, especially in countries where there's persecution. How do we pray for them? Yeah. The biggest thing that I hear from them is, yes, pray for our protection, but more than that, pray for our courage and boldness. They, more than anything, just want to be faithful to the Lord. And prayer is not just something trivial. It really does have a profound effect in a lot of different ways. And so I think praying specifically that way for not just protection, but courage and, and boldness. And how can we pray for Serve Now, for you and the, and the staff and the leadership there? Yeah. So, I mean, we just here again want to be faithful to come alongside of believers that are and people that are in great need and that are suffering, being persecuted or just living in extreme poverty. We just want to be faithful to to come alongside, just like Jesus talked about, you know, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will be a helper, an advocate. Uh, We're not coming in as heroes. We just want to stand with and serve those that are in need. So just the ability to do that, to be able to grow, to be able to extend our reach and impact 
to serve more people because there's tremendous need out there. Ben, if there are people who want to know more about ServeNow or want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? So you can visit our website, www.weservenow.org. Would be happy to share more with you that way. If you're just now joining us, you can go to vomradio.net and uh, listen back to this whole conversation. We'll also give you a link there to weservenow.org. So come and visit us at vomradio.net. Ben, thanks for your ministry. Thanks for sharing with us this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is great. It has been great to talk with you, and uh, I want to encourage people to pray. As, as Ben has said, pray this week for our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. And as he said, they're not saying pray that God will end our persecution or pray that we'll just have this safety and protection. They're saying, pray that we'll be faithful to Christ in spite of persecution, in spite of suffering. So I want to encourage you to join us and pray for them this week. And join us again next week to hear more about what God is doing around the world right here on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network.